welcome to Face to Face Broadcast. Enjoy the dynamic teaching ministry of Pastor T.B. Peters, the President of Renaissance Assembly Incorporated. This message will take you from where you are to where you ought to be. Praise the Lord. You know, it's very important for us to recognize that from time to time, there are things that happen in our environment. The streets we live in, the communities we live in, that are indicators of either what the devil is doing or what God is doing. Recently, just like the testimony that we shared today during testimony time, where people talk about losing their phones, people have been attacked, mobbed, harassed, The security situation has given all of us cause for concern. But we are not helpless. Hallelujah. We are not helpless. So I want to just do something before we get into what we have for today. You know, um, I believe the program aired yesterday on television... I was ministering to the television audience and I was talking to them about divine protection. Divine protection. And it's important that those of us here are also enjoying what? Divine protection. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Very important. Very important. So, um, And the truth is, divine protection doesn't happen because it is written in Scripture. It happens because you have switched it on. Amen. Are you listening to me? It doesn't just happen because it's written in Scripture. And in our midst, we must ensure that we are benefiting from divine protection. There will be no losses of phones. Amen. Amen. Your money. People are attacked at cash points where they are trying to withdraw money from the cash machine. And um, all those kind of stories. It's not just localized here. Even across the country. We're traveling... We normally travel by road from Abuja to Kaduna. Anytime I'm going to Zaria. In recent times, they've insisted we should use the train. And um, I had to use the train. And I asked, why, why the train? Apart from, yeah, they say the road is bad, but the security situation, it is better to use the train, and so on and so forth. So we're going to take some action this morning. Amen. In Psalm 91, there's something I want every family to benefit from today. Amen. Okay? And uh, if you are here in this service, it's time to come into that thing that we're talking about. I'll read verse 1 and 2. Of Psalm 91. Some of you here have been casualties of what I'm talking about, but not anymore. And then, if you are here, you are the one that is creating tension. Today, I pray that. You will receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. Let 
me read the scripture for the wicked man first. Psalm 11, verse 5 and 6. Psalm 11, verse 5 and 6. Then I will go to the scripture for Psalm 91. Let's read it together. I want to go. The Lord trieth the righteous, but the wicked and him that loveth violence, his soul hated. Did you see that? Verse 6. Upon that wicked that loveth violence, he shall rain snares, fire, and brimstone, and an horrible tempest. This shall be the portion of their cup. Amen. So if you are here and you've been joining boys to steal people's phones, to rob people on the road, this is your last warning. Don't ever do it again. If you doubt that the power of God is in my life, do it again. If you are here, you are involved in making the city uninhabitable for others, stop. Hallelujah. You cannot have a gun when you are not a policeman. You are not in the army. You cannot have a dagger that you use to harass people. There's a scripture that says the one that lives by the sword will die by the sword. Alright. So, let's go to Psalm 91. We're going to put it on. There's something powerful about this. But I just, I'm not interested in the teachings. I just want us to put practice, apply this. Um, I'll, read, I'll read down. Um, it runs down to verse 16 or thereabout, but I'll read, I'll stop at the point, then I'll come back to verse 1 and 2. Let's read together. I want to go. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him will I trust. Verse 3. Surely He shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler, and from the noisome pestilence. That's never followed as a trap. The trap. Alright? Verse 4. He shall cover thee with his feathers. And under his wings shall thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. If there's anybody that is outside, they should come in. You know, Satan has a way of playing tricks on some people. So that you participate in what I'm doing. Alright? Verse 5. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night. Nor for the arrow that flyeth by day. Nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness. Nor for the destruction that wasted at noonday. They are not rubbing during the day. A thousand shall fall at your side. And ten thousand at thy right hand. But it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine eyes on television shall thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high thy habitation. Verse 10. There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over thee. To keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands. Lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and the other. The young lion and the dragon shall thou trample under feet. Because he hath set his love upon me. Therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high. Because he had known my name. He shall call upon me. And I will answer him. And I will be with him in trouble. And honor him. And last one. With long life will I satisfy him. And show him my salvation. Now you know a lot of times believers don't read scriptures aloud. And they don't pray with scriptures. Some believers just stand up and pray. What makes your prayer spiritually legal is the scripture. Amen. Did you hear me? The scripture. 
it lacks legality without a scripture. Okay? Now, we pray this prayer. We, we, we're praying. Some of you pray the um, corporate prayers we pray in church. We just prayed when Dikisba was leading the prayers. And we have scriptures. You know, you should pray those prayers. You want to take them home and pray them. Hallelujah. Alright? I, I normally put the prayer points together and all that. And I pray them before I come. Hallelujah. Alright? So, for example, this prayer, I prayed it. Maybe 2.30 or 4 o'clock, in it, between 2.30 and 3 a.m. I prayed the prayer. Hallelujah. So, I want you to pray this Psalm 91. Hallelujah. Now, but I want you to understand something. Psalm 91 does not happen. This scripture is divine protection. It ends with the fact that if you have divine protection, you will live long. Is that not so? That means there are some people that didn't live long because some robber shot them. They were kidnapped. They didn't come out. One issue or the other. They had an accident. Blah, blah, blah. Are you understanding me? So, the aim of the protection is to ensure that you live long. Hallelujah. And God wants you to be satisfied with long life. So, the, this scripture does not put an age to how long you will live. He said you should live until you are satisfied. So, if you are satisfied at 70, fine. If you are satisfied at 80, fine. If you want to be here and to 120, fine. Until you are satisfied. Amen. That's what the scripture says. So, it doesn't put a time limit. It doesn't say 80. It doesn't say 120. Hallelujah. Alright, but now, how does this scripture become activated in my life? How does it become my scripture? The first thing, verse 1, 2, and verse 9. Alright? Let's look at verse 1. In verse 1, it starts by saying, in most Psalms, the first verse is a summation of the rest of the verses. That's how some of the Psalms are written. Alright? So, for example, the 23rd Psalm, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, is a summation of every other thing. So, here, this first verse is more of like the doorway into everything that Psalm 91 said. Now, this is what it says. Let's read it together again. He that dwelleth. So, it's talking about a particular person. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Um... So the question is, where is the secret place of the Most High? Hallelujah. He's speaking prophetically. Hallelujah. He's pre- now, in the Old Testament, the one that is in the covenant has entered the secret place of the Most High. Hallelujah. Alright? The word that declared as secret is the covered place. Amen. The place of cover. The covered place of El Elyon. El Elyon. The one the highest one. Now, in English, he said, the most high. In the New Testament, we are told that he that ascended, first of all descended, that he might feel all things. Talking about Jesus. So, Jesus is in the spirit, the El Elyon. He is the ascended one. Amen. Are we together? So, when the scripture says, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the most high, the cover that El Elyon provides is when you become in Christ. Amen. Are we together? So he's talking to the new creation, saying that because you are born again, you are in Christ. Remember that Colossians said something. He said, your life is hid with Christ and Christ in God. What he's saying is that Christ is a cover. Amen. Christ is a cover. So, and it's a secret place. Why is it called secret? Someone cannot enter by himself. He has to be led there. Amen. Are we together? He has to be led there. He has to follow the way to know the way. Amen. Okay? So he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High, he said, he shall abide. Dwelleth. Dwelleth means he has come to stay. He's not going in and out. Are you in Christ? Then the rest of the psalm belongs to you. Amen. Are we together? The rest of the psalm belongs to you. Shall abide under the shadow of now, King, King James says the Almighty is El Shaddai. El Shaddai is the... Um, now, you say all-providing one. That's not enough. He's the multi-breasted one. Amen. Amen. First, multi-breasted means that he can satisfy many people. That's not all. But it also means that 
He can satisfy you more than you can take. If a mother is breastfeeding a child, he might be sucking on one side. There's another side to suck. Amen. Now, this El Shaddai means he's the multi-breasted one. Whatever side of God you're sucking, there are many other sides. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Whatever of God you are enjoying, there are many other sides to enjoy. Are we together? That's El Shaddai. Now, but the moment you come into the secret place, you are now under the shadow, amen, all right, of that multi-breasted one. Now, how do I enjoy all the other things? Because it has told me that it is for these people. Look at verse 2, which is the key. Verse 2 says, I will say. Everybody say, I will say. That means it will never be yours if you didn't say. Amen. Are we together? If you've never said Psalm 91, it's not yours. It's only written in scripture. I will say, I will say of the Lord. What will I say? He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him will I trust. That's what I will say. And because of what I have said. Next verse. Verse 3. Surely. That means because of what I said. Surely. Everybody say surely. Surely is a word you see in the Psalms, right? Surely. He's saying that um, um, there's a, a language used. It's not just verily, verily. It means that uh, through to my word. Hallelujah. Okay? Surely he shall deliver. So how are we going to do this now? We're going to say, Amen. Amen. We're going to what? Say. Go to verse 9. I've not started teaching. I'm just getting you for us to put on Psalm 91 in our house. Amen. Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high you are between. When did you make him? When you said. Amen. Are we together? When you said is when you made him. Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high thy habitation. Verse 10. There shall no evil befall thee. Neither shall any play come near your door. Your dwelling is any. Your car is your dwelling when you are driving it. Your house is your dwelling. Your house, your office is your dwelling when you are there. And what will happen? No plague. There will be no accidents. No incidents. No evil. I will say no evil. So, we are going to rise up now and declare this 91st Psalm. Are you ready? Now, let me tell you how we're going to do it. You will follow me. Because I will use the pronouns in the right way, like you are making the confession. Amen. Amen. English will tell us, I don't know which one is first person singular, third person singular, something singular. But we're going to do it. Alright, Psalm 91. Let's start from verse 1. Amen. Please, um, you are the one making the confession. I'm just leading you on how to do it. Alright? So you say, are you ready? Don't close your mouth. Oh. Listen, you know, some people think that if you didn't say it, you did not say it. <laughs> with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So are you ready? Say, I dwell in the secret place of the Most High. I abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Okay, you are getting a, a, a hint of what we want to do now. Let me put it up here too. I don't know whether the people that are there, they didn't eat lunch and dinner yesterday. So, let me be ready on both sides. Amen. Glory to God. Are you ready? I dwell in the secret place of the Most High. I abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. He is my God. In Him I trust. Surely He has delivered me 
from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He has covered me with his feathers. And under his wings I trust. His truth is my shield and buckler. I am not afraid of the terror by night. Nor of the arrow by day. Nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness. Nor for the destruction that wasted at noonday. A thousand will fall at my side. Ten thousand at my right hand. But it shall not come near me. Only with my eyes. On television and Facebook. Will I see. The reward of the wicked. Amen. Now glory to God. I have made, because I have made the Lord my refuge. And the most high my habitation. There shall no evil befall me. Tell two people. Say there shall no evil befall me. Say there shall no evil befall me. No evil. No plague shall come near my dwelling. No plague shall come near my car. No plague will come near my home. No plague will come near my office. Amen. For he has given his angels charge over me. To keep me in all my ways. They are bearing me up in their hands. Lest I dash my foot against a stone. I shall tread upon the lion and the adder. The young lion and the dragon. I trample under feet. I have authority. Over all the oppressions of the devil. Because I have set my love upon him. Therefore will he deliver me. He will set me on high. Because I have known his name. I shall call upon him. And he will answer me. He will be with me in trouble. He will deliver me. And honor me. With long life will he satisfy me. Say a loud amen to that. Keep standing. Let's do one more. Psalm 121. We'll start from verse 5 down to 8. Say again, the Lord is my keeper. The Lord is the shade upon my right hand. The sun shall not smite me by day. Nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve me from all evil. He shall preserve my soul. The Lord shall preserve my going out. And my coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. Say loud amen. amen. Turn to your neighbor and say protection mode activated. Amen. Amen. Sit down. Glory to God. So angels, you know, angels are on guard everywhere now. He has given angels charge over you. Because the angels hearken to the voice of God's word. Alright, so they respond anytime God's word is spoken. He didn't say they respond to the voice of God, the voice of his word. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 11. 
Let's read it together. One, two, go. In whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. Amen. You will understand this scripture better if we read it from verse 9. Amen. The theme for this month, we're talking about purpose. You see, a lot of times, permit me to just bring a story. The great man of God, Kenneth E. Hagin, his pastor is going to be with the Lord, shared a story. He wrote a book. The book is titled, Plans, Purposes, and Pursuits. And Jesus spoke to him about something that the body of Christ needed to understand. As a matter of fact, he actually prayed out that book in tongues. Because he said he knew plans and purposes, but he didn't know the third one. So he was praying in tongues until he came and planned purposes and pursuits. And that was the message God gave him. And what God was teaching him in that message is that sometimes believers get the plan of God. They get what the plan of God is. This is what God wants to do. This is the plan. They get the plan of God. But they don't get the purpose of God. Hallelujah. Are we together? They get the plan. They don't get the purpose of God. In essence, let me put it this way. They get the what. They don't get the why. Amen. Glory to God. They don't get the why. You know, and um, let me leave that, that out. So, but he talked about that in the book. So, it's a good book to read. Plans, Purposes, and Pursuits, Kenneth E. Hagin. Not Hagin Jr., Kenneth E. Hagin Sr. Amen. Now, a lot of times, believers need to understand that we are not products of accidents. Amen. I know there are some of us here that think our parents gave birth to us mistakenly. Amen. Now, I, I don't want to embarrass anybody, but I'm sure there's somebody here that the father told you, Ah, you, we plan to have two children. And then you just came. Amen. And some of you have heard that before. And they keep ringing it in your head. They keep telling you, don't disturb me. You just came. Amen. I didn't have any plan for you. And so some of us have carried that consciousness like we are products of an accident. Meaning that we were not supposed to be here. We just came. We just arrived. But that's not how God sees it. Are you with me? No. No. Why? He said, before I formed thee in the womb, I knew thee. Even if your parents call you their accident. What about children that were born out of wedlock? Amen. Someone didn't plan to be pregnant. And then they got pregnant. And then the child came. I always say it this way. There are illegitimate relationships. There is no illegitimate child. Amen. There is no illegitimate child. You only have illegitimate relationships. So, some people were born that way. There is a scripture. It says that children are an heritage of the Lord. Do you know what that means? It means that regardless of your parents... Every child is a gift from God to the world. Amen. And then he handed over the child to a parent to take care of. Hallelujah. Am I complicating? Parents are actually just custodians. They are custodians. That's what they are. That's what the Bible says. Train up a child in the way he should go. Who, who, who gave him the way he should go? Are you with me? Who gave him the way he should go? So the job is to find out this one that they gave to me now. Where, what, what is he supposed to fulfill on earth? And then you lead him in that path. Are you with me? Follow me now. So, 
I want you to look at your neighbor and say, I'm not a product of an accident. Glory to God. Yeah, understand that. Because some of you, because you thought you were born accidentally, all the things that happen, you say, well, I just found myself in a, in a social primary school. Then I just found myself, I just found myself. Some of you even believe you just found yourself in this church. Amen. Glory to God. And when someone believes that he came into a place by accident, there's a way they function. Alright? There's a way they function. There's a way they function. Purpose does something to an individual. Hallelujah. It does something to an individual. When someone knows why, it changes the game. Hallelujah. It changes the game. You know, you, you, um, okay. I'm not talking now on anybody, but I want to use this illustration. Sometimes we travel and we have people doing protocol. Alright? And um, sometimes people watch another person, maybe another organization, doing protocol. And then they copy it. Are we together? So they copy the protocol. But they don't understand the purpose for the protocol. Are we together? They just copied a pattern. So I'm going to Yabos first. Amen? Okay, so I can use the other example. Now, years ago, we were still at our former venue then. So, we set up the first team. Like a protocol team. And then, they put themselves together. <laughs> now, this is not going to air on television. Amen. Yeah. It's not going to air. No, you can, no problem. It's not going to air on television. So, we, they had the protocol guys. They dressed well. They looked good and everything. So, um, I can't remember what month of the year it was. It was either just after convention. I can't remember what month of the year it was. But I had my relatives that came in from the United Kingdom. They've lived there all their lives. So they came visiting and they worshipped with us in church. They've heard so much about Nigerian churches. So they came to church. So when church closed, I wanted to see them. You know, as the service closed, they wanted to come and see me. That my yes, and whenever I'm in the UK, it's in their house I stay. If I'm in the city that I'm in the city where the house is. So I picked the chair, dropped for myself, and put chairs for them to sit. Oh, hello, hi. I will see you people. After, maybe we'll do lunch or dinner or something. My protocol people. Now, I have to act the drama. If not, you will not get the message. <laughs> Amen. Can you bring some chairs for me? Amen. From the back. Amen. Like four or five chairs. Then I need people with suits to come off stage. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Come up, come up. I need more guys with suits. Come up. So, put, put these ones this way. Thank you. Now, you know how someone comes to see pastor and then I sit down there sitting opposite you know just directly opposite me and I'm trying to talk to them so they are all seated I think there were five or four of them I can't remember they all seated I need more guys with suits hey come now you're just standing there come I don't know whether you were even there that day um <laughs> come Jonathan you you were there come uh what's that brother's name now please come Swanu you to come Abyss, come, come, come. I need more of you, more of you. Come, come. Come. Thank you. So, now, they sat in front of me, alright? And I just sat down to talk to them. My protocol came. You can act it now because you were there that day. You two, come, come. Come round. Come on. Stand there. 
Surround the hand, just stand. So, me, I was afraid. <laughs> me. <laughs> I like, what happened? You know? So, I, like, I was like, I thought something happened outside. Yeah, I said that. So, I was wondering what happened. They, you know, these guys, they were, they were scared. So, they asked me, is there a problem? <laughs> I had to find out, is there a problem? He said, no. I said, that's what happened. He said, no, there is protocol. <laughs> It's the time they said Nigeria's Kolobi. That's the time. You know, I was like, man, anytime I remember it, I'll just sit down. Praise God. Thank you. Thank you. Move the chairs. Now, you know, the point I'm making is this. They are trying to do protocol, but they don't know why. And so, when they are doing it, they are not doing it right. Let me use another illustration. A fellow came to church. As he walked into service, he sat down, closed his eyes like this, and raised his head up. So, I walked up to him, and I said, why did you do that? So he thought he had done something wrong. Say, Pastor, what? I said, Why did you do like this and do like this? He said, I'm sorry. I did see all of them. Everybody, when they come to church, they do like this and do like this. So that's why I did it. So I said, Why are they doing it? He said, I don't know. <laughs> So I said, well, I used it to teach him. I said, well, they, were, they are praying. He said, okay. So he doesn't even know what they are doing. Why are they doing that? He knows what they do. But he doesn't know why they are doing it. Amen. Amen. I have like five other examples. But you've gotten the points. Amen. Let's look at verse 9 through to 11. Some of us know what God wants, but we don't even know why. All right. Having made known unto us, what has He made known unto us? The mystery of His will. He has made known to who? To you and I, believers in Christ. Say, I know the mystery of His will. Because he has made it known to me. Say, according to his good pleasure, which he proposed in himself. Verse 10. That in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. Verse 11. In whom also, that's Christ also, we have obtained inheritance. An inheritance being predestinated according to the purpose of him that worketh all things after the counsel of his will. I will show you seven things from this scripture. Amen. And it's just preparing you because I want to talk about finding and fulfilling purpose. Amen. Alright, so this is like an introduction before I get there. First of all, it's important to recognize that we are not outsiders. Everybody say, I'm not an outsider. Say it again, I'm not an outsider. I am in Christ. I am an insider. Say again, I am in Christ. And I'm an insider. Now, being in Christ is already good enough. But the scripture says, in Christ. In Christ also. Amen. That means after being in Christ, there is an also. Amen. Are you with me? I get what I'm saying. There's something more. There are other benefits of being in Christ. And all of those benefits belong to you. You know, it is very important to remind the believer that he is in Christ. 
we have obtained. We are not about to. We have what? Obtained. So say, I am in Christ. I am an insider. Then say, I have obtained. Glory to God. I have obtained. Now, you know, in the scriptures in the Old Testament, they were given promises, but they are not obtained. They had promises, but they were not obtained. But now, we have obtained those promises. There is no English word like, I'm an obtainer. But we have obtained the promises. Say, I am in Christ. And I have obtained. I'm not trying to obtain. I have obtained. Because I'm in Christ. Obtaining means I am a possessor. Amen. One of the statements Jesus made when he said, John 3.16, For God so loved the world. How many of you know it? That he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believes in him should not perish. But what? Have. Everybody say have. Now, one thing that Jesus was telling us about the New Testament is that the New Testament is a testament where you have these things as present day possessions. It's not, the Old Testament is check. The New Testament is cash. Are you listening to me? Are, we, are you listening to me? It's a promise, a promissory note, you could call it the Old Testament. But in the New Testament, it has been fulfilled. So, we are possessors. We are in Christ. We have obtained. We are possessors. I'm not empty. I'm going somewhere. I'm not empty. So, what have we obtained? An inheritance. And that's part of what we're talking about. We have obtained what? An inheritance. We have obtained an inheritance. So, I'm an heir with an inheritance. I have obtained an inheritance. I wrote out confessions I want us to make. First one, say, I'm in Christ. I am an insider. Say, I am in Christ. I am a possessor. Then say, I am in Christ. I am an heir with an inheritance. Glory to God. And then number four. He said, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him. So we are predestinated. Hallelujah. Let me explain what that means. Say, I am predestined. This brings me back to that. So I am predestined. I am not an accident. Alright, see what I wrote out here. I am not a product of chance, but a product of divine destiny. Say it, I am not a product of chance. I am a product of divine destiny. Okay. Now, the next one says... Being predestinated according to the purpose of him. So, there's a purpose of him. Glory to God. There's a purpose of Christ. And then, the statement that I wrote for that is this. I find purpose in his purpose because I was predestined. Amen. I am a creature of purpose. In his purpose, I have found my purpose. Glory to God. The Bible says also he's working all things after the counsel of his own will. He's working all things in me and around me. God is intentional with me. Glory to God. And he's working all things according to the counsel of his own will. Finally, God's decision is better than the best decision I can make for myself. Glory to God. Say it again. God's decision is better than the best decision I can make for myself. That is why I submit to the working of all things after the counsel of his own will. Now, when he says the counsel of his own will, it's not the counsel, he's not taking counsel from you. It's the counsel of his own will. Are we together? So, all the things he's working is according to the counsel of his own will. I have to trust the counsel of his will. Glory to God. But where I'm going to today, I will just establish this. Is that there's a difference between earthly purpose and eternal purpose. Glory to God. 
Alright? Now, if you look at the scriptures carefully, it will show you something. It said, according to the purpose of him that worketh all things after the counsel of his will. I'll show you another scripture. That tells us in Ephesians 3.11, go to Ephesians 3.11. It introduces a language that I want you to get. And in the course of this month, we'll be talking along these lines. It says, according to what? The eternal purpose which he proposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Say there is an eternal purpose. If there is an eternal purpose, it means there is an earthly purpose. A lot of believers are living for an earthly purpose. Are we together? Let me explain what it means. It means that someone comes to Port Harcourt, for example, and looks around to see what is needed. Amen. And then he feels that need. Okay? So he could say he's fulfilling a purpose. Say, people in Port Harcourt need transportation. So I'm happy there with transportation. He's fulfilling a purpose. Is that not so? But that purpose is an earthly purpose. Am I communicating? Now, maybe in God's plan for him, it is not for him to provide transportation for people. He will get money if he provides transportation. But what God wants to give him is more than just money. Glory to God. That before he was born, there was a plan from God for him. And aligning with that plan means that he has aligned with eternal purpose. Let me show you 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 17, I believe. In 2 Corinthians 1, yeah. It says there, When I therefore was thus minded, did I use lightness? Or the things Paul is talking, or the things that I propose, do I propose, read with me, all the things that I propose, do I propose what? According to the flesh, that with me there should be yea, yea, and nay, nay. What he's saying is that, that means, did you see that phrase, propose according to the flesh? Let say propose according to the flesh. I want to ask you a question. The things you have proposed, did you propose according to the flesh? Hallelujah. That means there's an earthly purpose. Some people want to make money to fulfill an earthly purpose. But there are people God has called to handle money to fulfill what? An eternal purpose. Am I communicating? Now, when we talk about finding purpose, what we're saying is, you're not looking around, I, I, I could use this other language, I could say that we don't decide purpose, we discover it. We discover it. Everybody say, I discover it. We discover it. You find out what it is. And you cannot talk about that without talking about prayer. Amen. A lot of things are going on in the body of Christ. A lot of things are going on. You hear people saying things that you can't even explain why they will say that. And people believing things that they shouldn't even believe. Hallelujah. You know, someone say, well, 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 um, 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 find your passion. Find your passion. And your passion is your calling. Your passion is not your calling, sir. Amen. I say your passion is not your calling. It, it depends on who you are talking to. The rules for the believer are different. Amen. Am I communicating? No, they are different. They are different. They are different. Someone said it this way. He said, well, well, I married a lady... Uh, but now I don't love her again. So, since I don't love her again, I, wa- I-, I want to marry her. <laughs> actually, say, actually, actually, I didn't love her before I married her. It's just that, you know, uh, I-, I was of age. I just said, let me marry. So I've married her. You know what? The scripture didn't say you should marry who you love. He says you should love who you have married. Mm. Did you hear me? Did you hear me? Some of you that want to change wife. He said, love who you have married. If you've married a person, love. Do you know why the Bible says love the person? Let me explain to you. Please permit me. eh? Today, when I finish, I will answer the person's question. 
Alright? So just follow me. We are on point. There are some words we use. We copied it from the world. That's part of our problem. Someone say, do you like the brother? Say yes. Are you falling in love with him? Say, yeah, I'm falling in love with him. (laughs) The scriptures don't say falling in love. They say walking. In Christ, we don't fall in love. We don't fall into anything. We don't fall under the power. We We walk in love. Meaning that love is a conscious, deliberate, amen, Willful, amen. Yes. Am I communicating? Yes, it's not a. It's not a. <laughs> According to scripture, a lot of ladies here are having issues because they are trying to live like the world but have the results of the scripture. How? Hello? You are trying to live like the world but you want the results that the scripture talks about. No. Listen. I'm getting this right. We don't fall in love. We walk in love. Glory to God. We walk in love. That's why we fall out and fall in. We walk in love. We choose to love. Hallelujah. Loving is a decision. Glory to God. That you have been enabled to carry out by God. Because he has poured out his love in your heart. So tell your neighbor, you can love. Amen. You can love. Say, say, the person say, I, I don't think I can love that man again. No, you can love. But you have chosen not to. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. I don't think I can love that woman again. You need to see what she said to me. You can love. It's a husband. Love your wife. He didn't say, husband, the Lord will help you to love your wife. He said, no, you love your wife. Wife, submit to your own husband. Did you get that? Okay, so, follow me here now. We need to understand that a lot of times, believers have it twisted. They are pursuing things that they shouldn't pursue. They are hearing things and doing things that they shouldn't do. Then they are wondering why life is going in this other direction. You can't breach scriptures. Amen. You can't breach scriptures. My desire for everyone here is that you will not be someone that is just looking around. And then you say, what's the rainy thing now? You do it. What's the rainy business now? You do it. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to find purpose in this life. I'm trying to find purpose in Portacot. I'm trying to find purpose. No. You have purpose in Christ Jesus. Amen. There's an eternal purpose for you. Before you were born, the Bible said in Ephesians 2.10, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which he had before ordained that we should walk in them. There's something that you were wired for. Your upbringing, your mindsets, the path you went through life could make you not really come to the knowledge of that thing as early as you would have. Amen. But the moment you align yourself, you will find it. Amen. I said you will find it. Amen. Amen. Now, sometimes believers are told, follow your, you know, say, well, pray about it, follow your heart. How many of you have been told that before? Good. If that heart is not full of the word of God, you can't follow it. Hello? You, you, You don't read your Bible, you don't pray, you're not committed to the things of the Spirit of God, then you say, follow your heart. You will not even know what your heart is telling you. Hello? You know what your heart is telling you. Even if the signal coming from your heart, it it, it will be faint. You can't even recognize it. Your heart, the human heart has different compartments. Amen? The thought compartment. Everybody say thought. Your will. Everybody say will. Your emotions. Everybody say emotions. Then the fourth part is your conscience. And I want to say that now. The Bible says that concerning conscience, 
He says, faith unfeigned. Glory to God. He said, some believers have ignored the conscience and made a shipwreck of their faith. If your conscience is defiled, alright, you, your conscience is the voice of your spirit. Say it, my conscience is the voice of my spirit. Listen, that means that just like your physical body has your voice box, your voice. The voice of your spirit is your conscience. So anytime your conscience There are many things that could happen to your conscience. I'm not teaching your conscience today, so I will leave it out. Anytime your conscience is defiled or has offense, because Paul will say, a conscience void of offense toward God and toward man, it will be faint. Glory to God. Are you listening to me? The signals of the Spirit will not be clear to you. you. You are hearing something like, G, G, you don't know, is it go? Is it get? <laughs> is it uh, it's something like, you know why it's not clear? It's a conscience. I was teaching on manifestations of the Spirit just um, a few days ago. And I explained to them that one of the things that takes long when we pray, why does prayer take long sometimes? It's not because God is taking a long time to hear us. Why prayer takes long most of the time is that it takes a while for our emotions to line up with the emotions of the Spirit. Amen. The Holy Ghost has emotions. I hope you know that. Okay. So to line up with the emotions of the Spirit. Because there are many issues. Your thoughts. Your conscience. You have believers today that just think that they can do anything and live anyhow. And I expect that the Spirit of God will speak to them. How will you hear? When the truck is coming to cross you, how will you hear? Amen. How will you hear? How will you hear? What is the next step to take? How will you know the right decision to make when your conscience is seared? There's a difference between a, 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 a defiled conscience and a seared conscience. A defiled conscience is a conscience that has sin. Alright? That means you did something wrong. Okay? You did something wrong. And your conscience has been injured. Hallelujah. Because you did something wrong. That's why the scripture says, if our heart condemns us not, that your heart starts condemning you. Glory to God. What you've done is not right. And how you solve that is in the place of prayer. Amen. You don't shake off a defiled conscience. You don't think it away. You don't put your mind on another thing, it will go away. No. If you keep taking your mind off, over and over again, soon it will be a seared conscience. A burnt conscience that has no more feelings. And then, you find that nothing matters to you anymore. There are some people that are there. I want to show you a scripture. Hebrews 3.13. Hebrews 3.13. I didn't plan to read this scripture, but it's for somebody. Let's read together. I want to go. But exhort one another daily. Do you know what that means? Exhort one another. That's why we're giving you daily devotions. Amen. Every day hear the word of God. Every day hear the word of God. If you're not hearing the word of God every day, this is what will happen to you. He said, while it is called today, lest any of you be what? Hardened through what? The deceitfulness of sin. So you can be hardened. You're no more praying. You're no more reading your Bible. You're fine. You don't even go to church every Sunday, but you're okay. You know what we mean by you're okay? You're already dying. If somebody came to church today and he came with his babe, amen, you know, even as I'm preaching, just say, you know, we had a good night last night. <laughs> During the message, he's telling her, we had a good night last night. You know that. She said, yeah, I remember. In the service, 
He just came to church. There's no problem. When we do the altar call, he will come and receive Jesus. But if you are a member of Renaissance Assembly, you've been hearing God's word. You've received the Holy Ghost. And you came with someone that you were sleeping in the same room with to church. You are wrong. You are so wrong. You are so wrong. Are you listening to me? There's nothing like that in the scriptures. Glory to God. Get it very clear. And that's the Bible talking about hardiness of hearts. They become hardened because of the deceitfulness of sin. They become hardened. That's why they never get the linear of spirit. You'll never get the linear of spirit. The Spirit of God will be speaking to you. You are not getting it. Because the first thing to get is that direction the Spirit of God is giving you to do the right thing. In the Bible, the general word sin, ever says sin, S I N, sin, is hamashia, the Greek. Sin means missing the mark. If I was trying to hold this and the thing fell, sin is sin. Are you understanding me? Yeah? Sin. Hey, mistake. Hey, I didn't plan for it to fall. Oh, that's sin. Alright? Sin. Missing the mark. You made a mistake. I was trying to climb up the stage and I hit my leg on the uh, staircase. On the stair, staircase, whatever. Alright? Sin. I missed the mark. Mistake. Are we together? Hamasha. Now, what the scripture says is that there are times where we do those things. We didn't know we did them. Amen. Amen. You know, you, the Bible says, if the Lord mark iniquity, who shall stand? What he's saying is that God is counting all those things. The mistakes you made. You are supposed to pray. You didn't pray. You are supposed to read your Bible. You didn't read your Bible. You are supposed to. Are you understanding me? You didn't do it. Nobody's going to stand. For that one, the blood of Christ. Amen. Because while we are in the light, as long as we are in the light, amen, the blood of Christ cleanses us. It's automatic. Amen. There's nothing, nothing is not affecting us. Amen. But there is transgression. Amen. Transgression is different. It's different. It's different. Different. The Bible talks about transgression. The words transgression, sin, iniquity, they don't mean the same thing. Amen. Alright? Transgression is trespassing. Let me give an example. You see somebody write something in front of his house and say, do not trespass. You can read. Mistake is, you, 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 don't know, you cannot read. And you pass the place. They say, hey! Nobody's supposed to pass there. He say, hey, 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 hey. Mistake. Transgression is Nobody should pass here. Eh. I better leave that thing. So, so we will not pass here, eh? So we will not pass here, eh? Eh? We will not kiss again, eh? eh? We will not go drink beer again, eh? That's transgression. The way of the transgressor will be hard. That's scripture. The way of the transgressor will be what? Hard. That means he saw, he knows, and he deliberately crosses the line. That's transgression. Transgression is willful sin. The Bible talks about, David said, presumptuous. That's, you know, he, he knew, and then he did it. Amen. Willful. That's transgression. Now, when a believer keeps doing that, his conscience will be said. Are you listening to me? Yeah. And sin attracts debts all the time. It does. It does. Why would you believe? You know, I was telling a believer one time. I said, why would you be struggling every day to fight condemnation when you can decide not to even have condemnation in the first place? Amen. Are you listening to me? Why would you be struggling and fighting with condemnation every day? I am the righteous of God, the Christ Jesus. I rest every day. When you can actually not have a reason to even be condemned in the first place. Am I communicating?
Thank you for listening to this message. If you have been blessed, you can reach us by email on info at faithtofaithonline.org or call us on 234-806-361-3560. You are big, blessed, and loaded. Taking the message of around the world by the power of the Lord.